you. The entrance of your word brings light and illumination. We pray that this evening you speak forth your word unto us. Line upon line, precept upon precept. May our lives never be the same. May there be total transformation in our lives as we hear your word preached and taught unto us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, kindly take your seat. Hallelujah. I want to be, I'm teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to say the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have a lot to learn today. We're going to learn about the promise of fulfillment, the reasons why we must speak in tongues, and then how, most importantly, how to minister the gifts. Amen. Now, in John 14, 16, and 17, the, the Lord Jesus himself promised the Holy Spirit. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or another comforter who will never leave you. I like in the King James. And the verse 17 says, So, realize that, he said, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Amen. So, you see that, Jesus himself, you know, talked about the promise of the Father, that's the Holy Spirit, that he said that he will send to us another comforter or another, you know, helper. That's the Holy Spirit. But you see, the Holy, the Holy Spirit, he said, whom the world, the Holy Spirit is not for sinners. He, you know, when Jesus spoke, he was speaking to his disciples. That means that people have of, of like faith. And he says that the Holy Spirit is not for sinners, but for born again believers. John 14, 17. John 14, 17. The Holy Spirit is. He said, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Do you see that? The world cannot what? Receive. So the people, of, because he sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him. So, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So, Jesus was saying that he was dwelling with them, but he shall be in them. But the people in the world didn't know him. When Jesus came, you know, the people, the, the people didn't really see him as a savior. Amen. So, you see that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, or the what we call the triune God, and... He's a person. He's not an it. Amen? And Jesus said, I'm going to the Father and I will send you the, another comforter, the Allos Paracletos, and he shall be in you. Now, John Matthew 9, 17 shows that the Holy Spirit is not for unbelievers, but for believers. He said, neither do men put... Now, the Holy Spirit is symbolic of new wine. Somebody say new wine. And he said, neither do men put new wine into old bottles. So, the unbeliever is an old bottle. Amen? Second Corinthians 5.17, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new what? creature. So, he's a new bottle. All things are passed away. So, new wine is put in new, new bottles. That's what the new wine is put in new bottle. In those days, they used to put a wine in the wine skins, yeah, in, in skins, you know, animal skins. So if you put new wine into an, into an old wine skin, 
it's going to cause it to, you know, burst. Is that right? So, the Holy Spirit can only infill somebody who is born again. Can I have an amen? That's a very important point. So, if you have a friend who is not born again and you say, I want to receive the Holy Spirit, you know, he cannot become born again. Now, but the Holy, Holy Spirit can help people to become convicted and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior for you. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the world cannot receive eternal life. Eh? I mean, the world people cannot receive the Holy Spirit, but they can receive eternal life. John 3, 16. It is only when receive the eternal life, that is when now they can receive the Holy Spirit. For John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he, he loved what? The world. Someone said the world. So what did Jesus, what did God give to the world? His son. Amen. That whosoever believes in him should not perish. But when you receive the son, then the son says, I will send you another comforter. So you must receive the son before you can receive the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Are you following that? Yeah. So you must become a new wine skin before you can be filled with a new wine, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, in Acts chapter 2 verse number Acts chapter 2 verse number 1 to 4 you see that on the day of Pentecost this new wine or the Holy Spirit came when the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord that's the, the disciples the 120 of them and the verse 2 says and uh, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and they filled all the house where they were sitting and verse 3 when the they were filled the, the, the Holy Spirit filled the whole house they appeared unto them, clothing tongues like as of fire. He sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them what? Utterance. So when the Holy, on the day of Pentecost, whatever Jesus promised them came to pass. That the Holy Spirit was poured upon them, while they were there in the upper room. The Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the first sign that indicated that they had been filled was that they began to speak with other tongues. That means that other languages, they spoke with other languages, praising God, which they had not learned. So the primary evidence of a person having been filled with the Holy Spirit is that he begins to speak with other tongues. That's about the other tongues. So that's the evidence. And so speaking in tongues is a primary evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Say it after me. Speaking in tongues is the primary evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? And when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, in Acts chapter 2 verse 37 to 39, in fact, Peter, Peter, who used to be a shy person, one of the things that happens to a person when he's filled with the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit empowers you and anoints you and emboldens you. That's what it emboldens you. Yeah. Bible says the righteous shall be as bold as what? Lion. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you become bold. You are not timid. Amen. So anybody who is timid, anybody who is afraid, anybody who says that, I mean, I can't stand before people and I cannot talk all those things. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you become another man. Peter had actually denied Jesus 
I mean, three times, uh, and he was timid, he ran away from people. But after the day of Pentecost, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he stood before the people and he preached and told them that this Jesus that you denied, this Jesus that you crucified, he's the one who promised us this Holy Spirit. And so, as you hear us preach in, uh, speak in tongues, I mean, these guys, they are, we are not drunk, we are not mad, but it's an evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And when you preach like that, you see, when you are anointed and you preach, there's a conviction. So the Bible says in the verse 37 that people were pricked in their heart. Pricked in their heart means that they were, they were, they were convicted. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And usually when people are convicted, they ask the way out. What shall I do? And then Peter said unto them, in the verse number 38, uh, he says, repent, you know, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? So you realize that the gift of the Holy Spirit is only meant for those who are repented. So if you are not really repented, you can come to church, but if you are not repented, it's not for you. And repentance means change of heart and mind and attitude and lifestyle. Amen. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive. And you shall receive. So it means that when you repent, you can receive. And we say, he says that, he didn't say, repent and you shall pray for, you repent and you shall receive, because at that time he has been given. And when something has been given, all you do is what? To receive. That's what I receive. I receive. Can I have an amen? amen? Repent and you shall what? Receive. Receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? amen? Okay. So, and then, but I like something. I just want to try to explain. The verse number 39, people say that the Holy Spirit is past. No, or it's meant for some few people. So Peter went ahead and said that the promise is unto you. That promise which was in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, which Jesus had promised them earlier on, the promise of the Holy Spirit is unto you guys who are sitting here. That was what Peter was telling to them. And to your children. That means that the generation after you, and to all those who are far off geographically, and as many as the Lord our God shall call. And we are far away geographically, and we are those the Lord has called. So if the Lord has called you, then you have a right to the inheritance and you have a right to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Okay. So now, so this is the first time that the Holy Spirit poured out on them and the evidence was what? Speaking in tongues. Now in Acts chapter 10 verse 44 to 46, here Peter, I mean, Peter had gone to the house of Cornelius, you know, uh, who was, a, 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 was a, a, a military man, a gentile military man, and the uh, Bible says that whilst Peter yet spoke these words, whilst Peter was speaking and preaching to them in the house of Cornelius, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. That means that the preaching, you see, the word of God is anointed. So anytime you are preaching the word of God, the anointing is falling on the people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, one of the ways to release or distribute the anointing is to preach the word of God because the word of God is anointed. Because the word of God is God. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. In him was life, and the life was the light of the world. So as you're preaching the word of God, you are releasing the word of God, you are living the life of God, you are releasing the power of God. You are releasing light. Amen. And so, as Peter was, was speaking, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, someone said, continue on, continue on the scripture. The Holy Spirit, what? Fell on all them which heard, eh? The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. 
Now, how did they know that the Holy Spirit had fallen upon them? Verse 45 and 46. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the, gent, the other Jews who went with him were wondering, hey, something has happened to this guy. But what, what showed that the Holy Spirit had fallen upon them? The verse 46, the evidence. And for they heard them for me because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Hallelujah. So here we see what? They're speaking in tongues as an evidence. Now let's go to Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2, and then verse number 6. Hallelujah. I'm just trying to give you the, evi- I mean, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That when somebody receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he begins to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives Grant unto them the utterance. Can I have an amen? Okay. So Acts chapter 19, verse number 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. Somebody say Ephesus. And finding certain disciples. So when Paul went to Ephesus, there were people who were some Christians over there. You know, they were disciples. And the verse number 2, the Bible says that Paul asked them, have you received? He said, he didn't say, have you prayed for? But have you what? Received. Someone say, received. Good. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Which means that the Holy Spirit has already been given to them. So all that they needed to do was what? To receive. And then he said, they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost at all. We haven't heard anything called the Holy Spirit. Then the verse number six, you know, okay, so they, uh, when Paul had laid his hands upon them, eh, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Did you see that? So through the laying on of hands, there is an impartation of the, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit and people begin to speak with new tongues. Can I have an amen? amen? Okay. Now, what are the reasons why? So we have now seen the fact that when people are filled with the Holy Spirit or they are baptized with the Holy Spirit, they begin to speak with other tongues. And I told you that when you have a glass and then you put it under you put it in a, a container full of water and you pull it, you lift it up, there's a bubbling effect. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then what? the bubbling effect is that you begin to speak with other tongues. Can I have an amen? amen? Okay, now, what are the reasons why? Why should we speak with other tongues? Number one, we say that tongues is the initial sign of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 4, Bible says that, and they all spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them what? The utterance. Amen. They spoke with other tongues. So Acts chapter 2 verse 4, Acts chapter 10 verse 46 and 47. They all spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. So they did the speaking, but the Holy Spirit gave them the utterance, but they opened their mouth to do the talking. Number two, tongues is for spiritual edification. Someone say edification. Edification means to be built up. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 4 and verse number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 4 and verse number 2. Tongues is for a spiritual edification. To be edified means to be built up. He said, he that speaketh an unknown tongue, you know, edifies himself. Tell somebody, edifies himself. You know, he, verse 4, so, yeah. He that speaks an unknown tongue edifies himself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. So, anytime you are speaking in tongues, you are building your, to edify means what? You are charging yourself up. Amen. And it's very important that before you step out of your house, you must charge yourself up. 
be, when you're going to do anything, you charge yourself up. And when you charge yourself up, you can then be able to face the evil forces of darkness. If you have not charged yourself up, you can't fight the enemy. And thank God that God has given you a language that the enemy doesn't understand. In, in fact, in the verse number two, the Bible says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, you know, uh, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. So anytime that you are praying in tongues, you are not speaking to men, but unto God. How be it in the spirit, you know, uh, for no man what understands him. How be it in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So you don't speak in tongues for people to understand. You don't speak in tongues for you yourself to understand. But speaking in tongues is a divine language that you are speaking. Yeah. That the devil doesn't even understand. Amen. To outwit the devil. Can I have an amen? And also, when you speak in tongues or you pray in tongues, it enables you to be able to pray for a long time. Oftentimes, when we tell people to pray about something, you know, in your local language, you may end up praying just five minutes, ten minutes, and you are short of vocabulary. But when you pray in tongues, he himself gives you the vocabulary. And he, so as he's giving the vocabulary, and you are following through with the vocabulary, you keep on praying and praying and praying. You can pray for one hour with ease, two hours with ease, three hours with ease, seven hours with ease. May that become your portion. And when you're praying, we say you are spiritual edification. Why? Because, you see, God is a spirit. You know that? John chapter 4, verse 24. God is a spirit. And so, when we pray in tongues, our spirit is in direct contact with God. When you pray in tongues, your spirit is what? In direct contact with God. Number three. Tongues remind us of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It reminds us. So the fact that anytime you are speaking in tongues, it shows, it is reminding you that the Holy Spirit is in you. Amen. John 14, you know, 16 and 17. He said that I will send you another comforter. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you. Is that right? Verse forever. Verse 17. For even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, but he sees him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. So, when the Holy Spirit comes, he shall be where? In you. And that's why Paul said, greater is he who is in you. The Holy Spirit do. <laughs> are you following what I'm teaching you? So, anytime you are speaking in tongues, it becomes a reminder that the Holy Spirit is in you. And oftentimes, when you speak in tongues and you know that the Holy Spirit is in you, it helps you not to fool it helps you to know that God is by you. It means that there's somebody watching you, an invisible person watching you. And it helps you to live your... And then also it helps to generate faith in you to know that God, the big God, is by your side. I have a very big God who is always by my side. But not only by your side, but inside of you. Can I have an amen? Number four. Tongues will keep your, our prayers in line with God's will. Tongues keeps your prayers in line with God's will. Romans 8, 26. It helps you to pray in line with the will of God. You see, you can, you can pray, you can be writing exams, and the answer you are giving is wrong answer. Is that right? Yeah. So, tongues helps you to pray in line with the will of God. And so that you don't also pray selfishly. Eh? It keeps selfishness out of our prayers. You know, in James, he says that you pray and you do not receive because you ask amiss. So a lot of times you can pray and then it's for, oh, I want to have this, I don't want to have that, so that people will also know that me too I have this, me too I have become this. You know, but when you pray in tongues, 
it, you know, the Holy Spirit helps you to be able to pray according to the will of God. And if you are, if you are asking something according to a person's will, then he will do it for you. And so that's why he says that, you know, James 4, 3, you ask and you receive not, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your own last. Do it in message version or New Living Translation, the James 4, 3, so that they can understand it better. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm teaching you? Amen. Okay. He says, and, and why not? Because you will be asking for what you have no right to. No, no, no. I don't like this one. New living. Even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all what? Wrong. You want only what will give you what? Pleasure. Have you seen it? Uh, so sometimes we ask, we don't get because what? Our motives are wrong. But when you pray in the spirit, you pray in the light of the word of God. So you don't pray according to your motives, but you pray according to the motives of God. <laughs> and so when you read Romans chapter 8, verse number 28, Romans 8, verse number, are you there? Romans 8, 26. Romans 8, 26. It says that likewise, uh, let's read together one, two. Likewise, the Spirit himself helps our infirmities. The word infirmities means our limitations. Is that right? For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, it should not, it should not be itself, himself, he's a person, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. New Living Translation, please. New Living Translation. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Uh, this weakness, not like talking about body weakness, but what you don't know about. Eh? For example, we don't know what we... God wants us to pray for. Have you seen it? Uh-huh. It's explaining it. But the Holy Spirit eh, prays for us with groanings that cannot be what? Expressed in words. So he helps you to be able to pray aright. So if you want to be able to pray right kind of prayers, then you need to be able to pray by the... By what? Praying in tongues. So anytime you are praying in tongues, you are praying in light. You know... It's like switching your, putting on your, uh, your radio on 99.9. Is it 99.7? Jo is it joy? Yeah, 99.7, right? Yeah, radio FM or something. You know, and maybe if you are 99.3 or 4, it still be making some noise. But 0 0.7, 99.7, you realize that everything becomes very clear. Is that not it? Good. So... It helps you to pray in line with the word of God. Then, number five, when you pray in tongues, it stimulates faith and helps us to trust God more fully. You see, it takes faith to be able to pray in tongues. So every time you are, anytime you start praying in tongues, faith is being stimulated in you. Amen. Yeah. And Jude one twenty, Jude one twenty, Jude one twenty, Jude one twenty. You know, he says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you are building yourself up. Yes. Amen. So a lot of time when you are going to preach or you are going to minister or you are going for interview, you are going to do something, you know, anytime you are going to do anything, you need to pray in the Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Maybe if you are going to propose, pray in the Spirit. Yeah, so that some boldness will come. 
And so that when you are speaking, you speak articulately. He says, sister, you know, but don't go and say that. That's here the Lord. No, no, no. The Lord, it's you who is saying it, that I like you. Don't go and use the name of the Lord. Amen. Okay, I'm just joking. Okay, now verse number, uh, point number six. Praying in tongues keeps us free from worldly contamination. First Corinthians 14, 28. You know, you see, when you pray in tongues, when you pray in tongues, there's a lot of contamination in the world. Is that right? Yeah. So, you know, the things you see, you know, on television, you know, things you are hearing and all those things. So, as you pray in tongues, it helps to be able to ward off any contamination around your life, you know, and keeps you more spiritual and more focused on God. Can I have an amen? Then, number eight, praying in tongues gives spiritual refreshing. Azar 28, 11, and 12. Last week, I prayed for somebody, and then after the prayer, the person received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, wow, this is refreshing. Wow, this is a, good, a wonderful experience. Realize that anytime you speak in tongues, eh, when you have been prayed, you feel some heaviness and things. But when you finish praying, and especially when you pray in tongues, you realize that you are refreshed. Amen. May you become refreshed. He said, with stammering lips and another tongue will, will, will uh, tongue he will speak to these people. Verse 12. Verse 12. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they will not hear. So you realize that when you pray in tongues, there's a certain refreshing. You feel refreshed. Like when you, when you drink water, don't you feel refreshed? Yeah. You know, you feel refreshed. When you eat also, don't you feel refreshed? That's what we call something refreshment. You know, you are taking in. So, this, uh, so when you speak in tongues, you receive spiritual refreshment. Amen. Yeah? If you want to clap, clap. And then number nine. Uh, tongues helps you to be able to give thanks well. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15 to 17. You are able to give thanks well unto God. So as we are there, you realize that it helps you to be able to give thanks well unto God. And number 10, when you speak in tongues, it brings your tongue under subjection. Eh? Anytime you are speaking in tongues, it means that this is your tongue, you know, you are bringing it under some control spiritual control so that you don't speak things that you ought not to speak can i have an amen okay so now i've i've talked about i've talked about you know speaking in tongues the promise of the holy spirit and that speaking in tongues is the evidence of the baptism of the holy spirit and i've talked about the reasons why you must speak in tongues is that right then the next thing is that you have to know the steps to receiving the Holy Spirit or how to minister the Holy Spirit. And this part is very important and everybody must know how to do it. If you're, if you're a Christian, listen, if you become a Christian, by two months, three months, you must know how to be able to preach to everybody and pray for Holy Ghost baptism for everybody. Can I have an amen? And so as I'm preaching right now, I'm teaching this. Anybody who doesn't speak in tongues, right after my preaching, you begin to speak in tongues. Amen. And uh, speaking in tongues is a, is a gateway. It opens a gate for you, 
into the realm of the spirit for other spiritual gifts. For most of you, ever since you started speaking in tongues, you are stuck there. It's like entering the house. When, when the gate is open, you are stopped there. But there, there are many do- rooms and many doors you can go into and then receive an inheritance. So, as we are praying today, the power of the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. Your life will never be the same. And you will begin to speak with other tongues. Can I have an amen? amen. Glory to God. Is everybody okay? Okay. So, I'm talking about seven steps to receiving the Holy Spirit. Write it. Seven steps to receiving the Holy Spirit. Now, this, what I'm sharing is to help those who have not yet received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And number two, to help spirit-filled believers pray with those who are seeking to receive this experience. Remember that the Holy Spirit has already been given. Amen. Okay, so step number one. You see, if you look at the stage where I'm here, there are step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, step six, and then seven. Is that right? So in the same way too, there are steps to receiving the Holy Spirit. Someone say steps. Okay, so it means that if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, there are steps. Step number one is that you must know that the gift of the Holy Spirit has already been given. Say it after me. The gift of the Holy Spirit has already been given. Good. So you must understand that the Holy Spirit has already been given. Remember that in John 14, 16 and 17, John 14, 16 and 17, Jesus said, I will send you another comforter. Is that right? Then in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4, we saw the manifestation that the Holy Spirit came upon them. Amen? Okay, so the Holy Spirit came upon them and they all began to speak with what? Other tongues. Now, look at Acts chapter 19, verse 2 and verse number 6. Acts chapter 19, verse 2 and 6. So God promised to send his Holy Spirit to believers and this promise was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Yeah? And since the Holy Spirit came upon them, he has not gone back. So all the people did from that time was to receive. Amen. Good. And in Acts chapter 19, verse 2 and verse 6, when Paul went to Ephesus, when Paul went to Ephesus, Paul said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? It means that when you believe, you must what? Receive the Holy Spirit. Are you here with me? When you believe, what do you do? You must be, receive the Holy Spirit. So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Are you getting me? Then he asked them, then unto whose baptism were you baptized? Were you, uh, I mean, unto, into what were you baptized? So they said into John's baptism. And John's baptism was unto what? Repentance. Okay, so verse 6. Then verse 6. So when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So you see that through the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit came upon them. Can I have an amen? amen. So we show that the Holy Spirit has already been given. So in Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 46, we saw that the Holy Spirit, the people spoke in tongues. Acts chapter 19, verse 2 and verse 6. In Ephesus also, they, they also were speaking in tongues. So said, tell somebody, the Holy Spirit has already been given. Amen. 
So you don't, you don't go around and be begging for the Holy Spirit. Now, how do we receive the Holy Spirit? Now, salvation, the step number two, is that salvation is the only prerequisite. That means that salvation is the only requirement. Tell somebody, salvation is the only requirement. Listen, what I'm teaching you, take it very serious. I know Christians who have been around. People get born again five years, ten years, and they are struggling about this. And they have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, I'm teaching, what I'm teaching is so important. Get it so that you yourself will be blessed by it. And you can also be a blessing to others. Amen. Amen. So, salvation is the only requirement. That means that the only requirement for a person to be baptized with the Holy Spirit is for the person to be saved. Amen. Did you write that? Clemens, have you written that? Salvation is the only requirement. Amen. And you see that in Acts chapter 2 verse 37 to 39. Acts chapter 2 verse 37 to 39. This was uh, when uh, Peter had you know, preached to the, the people who were around. You know, apart from the 120 who had gathered, the other people were there who had them speak with tongues, you know, in, 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 in Jerusalem. And when he preached, and the people were pricked in their hearts, then this was the response of the people. So let's read it together. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38. Acts chapter 2, 37 and 38. Bible says that, are you there? Let's read it. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, what is the requirement for receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit? Repentance. Amen. So all you have to do is to repent. And that means that to become born again. To receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then you have become a new wine bottle. And if you have become a new wine bottle. You can be filled with a new wine. <laughs> Amen. You know. And there are people who think that there are certain things that they have to do to qualify. No. You, when you, get, you become saved, you couldn't be cleaner than at any other moment. Amen. Because the Bible says that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. First John 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just word to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. So you, once you receive Jesus Christ, you have been cleansed from all unrighteousness. And if all unrighteousness has been taken away, then what is left is what? Righteousness. And righteousness is the nature of God. That means that you've got Zoe. John 1, 12. As many as received, I mean, received him, he gave them the power to become the children of God. And a child has a right to the inheritance of his parents. Amen. So, you don't need to, you don't need to levitate, gravitate, do any kind of thing. You don't need any special dress. You don't need to cut your hair in any special way. You don't need to wear any scarf. Some people think that holiness is wearing scarf. You don't need any scarf. You don't need to dress like an old lady, an old man. Are you here with me? 
Yeah, you don't need to have some sanctimonious piosity face. You know, I'm coming to receive the Holy Spirit and do your face. No, 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 no. He has paid the price for you. I say he has paid the price for you. Can I have an amen? Yeah. So, you don't have to follow any standards of dress in order to receive the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? You don't need any kind of special favors from God. You, you don't even need to fast. Amen. Yeah, if food has been placed on the table and said, this is your food, you fast to go and collect the food. All you do is thank you. That's all. Just thank you. Receive it. You receive it with what? Thanks. Everything God has given to you, you receive it with what? Thanks. Amen. It is only when you... So, the, so long as you are walking in the light of salvation, it's fine. It is only when you are out of fellowship, of course, then you have to come back with, in fellowship. Is that right? Maybe you are born again, but you went to live in sin, and you went to do some tatrament and whatever. That one, you need to say, Lord, I'm sorry, and you get back. But the Bible says that if we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the truth is that, who is the one? You know, some people say, ah, for me, I think I've got some weaknesses. So, so because of that, I don't think I can receive the Holy Spirit. I have some imperfection. You don't need to be perfect. In order to qualify. Can I have an amen? amen. Yeah, look at Paul, what Paul said. In, in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14, quickly. I want to just, I'm trying to uh, disabuse your mind about the fact that well, maybe you think you are not too holy, so you cannot receive. You know, he said, not that I have already attained. New, New Living Translation for me, so that I can. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. So even Paul was saying he has not received perfection. Yet he said, I speak in tongues more than you. Is that not it? But he said, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Hallelujah. So, Paul was speaking in tongues, yet he said that he was not perfect. So, even me, as I'm standing here as your pastor, me too, I am not perfect. But like Paul, I am pressing on eh, to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Yes. So, when you become a Christian, you can make mistakes. You can make whatever. Are you, are you here with me? Yeah. You can, make, you can make a lot of mistakes and things like that. Continue on scripture for me, please. Let's do it fast. He said, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive a heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. There's a price God is calling us for. Receive it in Jesus' name. You know, but you see, why do we need the Holy Spirit? If you could do everything you ought to do, and you can be everything you ought to be without the Holy Spirit, then you don't need him. If you can do it yourself, why would you need him? So the, the point I'm trying to make is that you, the one who says, I am not perfect, and I have some weaknesses and things. You are even the one that needs the Holy Spirit to help you. Yeah. Amen. Why do you need a doctor? Because you are not. You, maybe you may not be. Uh, I mean, too healthy everywhere. Can I have an amen? Yeah. So you realize that. Cannot Christians can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
1 Corinthians 1, 7, Paul said to the Corinthian Christians, you come behind in no gift. So Paul was not endorsing carnality, but he was trying to get them to grow up in God and outgrow their carnality. Baby Christians can be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the reason why, even at the time when Peter was preaching to them, whilst was preaching to them, the moment they got convicted, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I got born again, I was a, I was a young Christian, and my friend's smiling child said, let's pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I had not even received special teachings on it like I'm giving you. But I just believe that, I mean, the Holy Spirit baptism is a good thing. And I, I desire the Holy Spirit baptism. So we went for a, 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 an all-night prayer meeting in somebody's house. You know, and then I, I was, they said, all oh, those who want to receive, they should come for it. And I went forward and I knelt down. And the next moment I realized that I was speaking in some strange language. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you getting me? Yes. Meanwhile, I was a young Christian. I probably was a carnal Christian because baby Christians, they are carnal. Babies are carnal. Self-centered with all kinds of weaknesses. But God, knowing the fact that I was a baby and I needed to grow up, and knowing that I was carnal and I needed to be strengthened, had to fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I can be empowered to be able to overcome those challenges and be able to, you know, do his work well. And that is going to come, become your portion. Can I have an amen? Yeah. So that is why everybody, you need the Holy Spirit. He said, Lord, I need it. I know it. Maybe I've got weakness with this area. Maybe I'm a Christian, but I've been drinking. But you can still be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm a Christian, but I have issues with, you know, immorality or whatever. But the Lord God Almighty, you know, this is what a lie seems to misbehave. But what I'm saying is that the Lord, you don't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know, I mean, just because of your imperfection. You, if, even in the midst of your imperfection, he will fill you so that you'll be able to overcome the imperfection and you become stronger. So that you can be, be a minister unto others. Oh, if you're clapping, clap well. Amen. Do you understand what I'm teaching you? Okay. So, now the third step is laying on of hands. Yeah. Anyone, through the laying on of hands, remember, Paul laid hands. Is that right? In Acts chapter 19, verse 2 and verse 6. When he laid his hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. So laying on of hands is a point of contact. It's a, it's, you know, when you lay hands on a person as a contact of faith, it releases the Holy Spirit. Just like when we pray for people, it says that when people are not well, it says that let them call for the elders and let them what? Lay hands on them and, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. So through the laying on of hands, there is an impartation of the anointing. Amen. And by the grace of God, you see, everybody can lay hands on people for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But there are some people too that God has even endowed them with a certain grace. And by the grace of God, I am one of them that God has endowed. Oh yes, that are laying hands on people and within a short time, they are filled with the Holy Spirit. So today, as you are here, uh, we're going to lay hands on you. And the power of the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. You may be watching me on a, on a Facebook, on, on television, or whichever kind of media. But I tell you, the anointing of God is going to visit you. And your life is going to change in the name of the Lord Jesus. Can I have an amen? Okay. So, step number four. Step number four. So, step number one is what? The gift has already been given. 
if the food has been served, what do you do? You receive it. Number two, salvation is the only word requirement. So are you saved? If you are saved, then the Holy Spirit baptism is yours. Number three, through the laying on of hands. Amen. Yeah. Everybody can lay hands, but there's a ministry of laying of hands that brings about that kind of impartation. Number four, but you don't actually need hands to be laid on you. Amen. Last week, I prayed for one of our brothers. You know, he came around, I just sat with him out there, and we there. And as, as I taught him the word of God, just like I'm doing right now, within the space of an hour, just, I'm, just as I'm doing right now, and then he, 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 he I mean, he started speaking in tongues. I didn't have to lay hands on him. And he was very surprised at himself. Said, oh, wow, it's refreshing. Oh, he was wow all over the place. You shall wow. <laughs> Number four, expect to speak in tongues. Amen. That's what he expects. Proverbs 23, 18. The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. So your expectation will not be cut off. You didn't hear me. Please, let your attention be here. Stop letting the... Listen, just, just listen to the teaching. Say, the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. Amen. Yeah. So, when you are ministering to people, tell them that expect the Holy Spirit to move upon your vocal cords and to put supernatural words on your lips. So, you see... The Holy Spirit puts supernatural words. Is that right? Bible says that in Acts 2, 4, Bible says, and they spoke with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they did the speaking. The Spirit gave them the utterance, but they did the speaking. You see, Brother Tony, for instance, uh, Brother Tony is not a gang. Is that right? Good. But he has lived in a gang community. And so by his interaction with the gang community, he has been able to receive gun utterance, gun vocabulary, which any time that he wants to speak gun, he will change the meter band. So he does the speaking. The utterance was given to him via his environment. And then he speaks it. And he can also speak another language called Fanti. By virtue of another place he has stayed. Are you getting me? And, and he can speak English. So it means that any time that he wants to speak in any of these tongues, it's up to him to do the speaking, but that he has been given the vocabulary. And we too, by our interaction with the Holy Spirit, who has filled us up, he has given us a vocabulary, but we are the one to do the talking. So you are the one to open your mouth and do the speaking. The Holy Spirit... Eh? doesn't put a radio in your throat so that you are the one to open your mouth because Bible says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet so you are the one to do the speaking in tongues that is why you can't also say that I couldn't control myself anytime maybe I wanted to stop and uh, the spirit said I should speak in tongues my children you know sometimes people are in a meeting and uh, my children my children my children my children my children hey my children and they're disrupting the whole thing no 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 you are a nuisance you could just shut up. Amen. If there were no people over there, would you be walking by the roadside? My people, my children, my children, my children, my children, my children. You act like a bad person. You know. So what I'm trying to say is that the Holy Spirit gives the utterance, you do the talking. 
So when you are being prayed for or you are praying for somebody, tell the person that the Holy Spirit will, has already been given to us. Is that right? So once you receive him, he gives you the utterance. So you have to now open your mouth and do the talking. So expect to do the talking. That means that expect to do the speaking in tongues. Expect to, you know, speak in tongues. That's what they expect. Yeah. So you must cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Acts 2, 4. And they began. They. Someone said they. Acts 2, 4. Acts 2, 4. Please. Acts 2, 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began. They began to speak. He didn't say the Holy Spirit spoke. They began to do the speaking. As the Spirit gave them what? Utterance. <laughs> Amen. So when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you must be the one to do the speaking. As the Spirit gives you utterance. So everybody and their utterance. So you find out that some people, their utterance, especially when they start. Because like a baby. Yeah? Send some people, Sigbaya, Skibaya, 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 Skibaya. Everybody and their kind of utterance. But the utterance grows and it develops. Is that right? The utterance grows and it develops. So maybe you can start, and when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the first time you ask me, Don't worry. It's a, that's it. You have been filled with the Holy Spirit. You have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep on speaking it. Keep on praying it. And the more you are praying it, you know, the more you are being refreshed. And then the, you will be given more utterance. They spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Acts 10 46. For they heard them speak with tongues. They heard them speak. They did the speaking. They did the Acts 10 46. They heard them speak. They heard them speak with what? Tongues. Acts 19, 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them. And when the Holy Ghost came on them, what happened? They, they, are you in the church? They, they, I can't hear you. They, I can't hear you. They, they, so who did that speaking? They, amen. They, they speak, they speak. They speak, they speak, they speak. Eh? First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. Eh? First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For he that what speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto me. He that speaketh. So you must do the speaking. Tell somebody, do the speaking. Okay. Now, number five. Hmm. So remember that when the Holy Spirit is moving on your tongue and your lips, you must lift your voice and put sound into it. Tell somebody, lift your voice and put sound to it. I'm showing you the steps. Amen. Okay, so number five. The child of God need not fear receiving something false. You don't have to be afraid. Some people are afraid that, hey, maybe I, uh, I will receive a bad spirit. Or what if I'm going to minister, I'll receive an evil spirit. Or I'll transmit an evil spirit. No. You shouldn't receive. You shouldn't operate in fear. That's what don't operate in fear. Remember already 2 Corinthians. Is it? It says that what? God has not given unto us a spirit of what? Fear. But of love and of power and of what? A sound mind. Can I have an amen? God has not given unto us a spirit of fear. But of love and power of a sound mind. So. Now. 
Once the Holy Spirit has been given, he's the Holy Spirit. And anybody who desires the Holy Spirit shall receive the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? amen? Yeah. So, don't fear that you might receive something false or a counterfeit. Some people say, maybe I'll receive a counterfeit. No, you cannot receive a counterfeit. Especially under the anointing. If only you are born again. Is that right? If only you are born again and you are seeking the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that you are going to receive. And I'll give you a scripture to confirm that. Luke chapter 11, verse 11 to 13. If you are there, say thank you, Jesus. Luke 11, 11 to 13. Quickly, let's do it. If a son... Can we read it together? One, two... I can't hear you. I think we are quite a number that we want. I need to hear your voice. One, two. I can't hear the gentleman. One, two. If a son shall ask bread of any of you, that is a father. Or if he asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks an egg, will he offer him what? A scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Hallelujah! Which of you that you went to ask your father for bread that he gave you stone? And then, if you ask for fish that he gave you snake, he said, you ask for fish. I said, I need tilapia. He said, come and get cobra. Or anaconda. He said, oh, I've seen some sarotarodon. I want to eat sarotarodon. Eh? Dr. Fish or something. Then your mother comes and says, we have got cobra for you. Or, uh, what is it? Python. Yeah, get python. No, 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 no. Then which of you that when you ask for egg, I know some of you like egg. You like buying chibums. Eh? And then you ask for the egg, then they are giving you scorpion. Kakanchi. Wow. Then he, he said, you know, now these serpents and scorpions, they are, they are, they are symbolic of demons. Because, eh? I hear with me, in Luke 10, 19, he said, I will give you what? Power to tread on what? Serpents and what? Scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. So serpents and scorpions are symbolic of what? Demons. So what he's saying is that when you ask for the Holy Spirit, you will not be giving demons. Can I have an amen? Brother Terrence, are you here with me? Good. And so back to Luke chapter 11, verse number 13. He says that if you being then evil, no, even we human beings, he's describing us. Jesus was speaking. He said, if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? It means that when you ask for the Holy Spirit, your heavenly father will not give you demons. He will not give you snake. He will not give you scorpion. He will not give you something bad. But he will give you the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? amen? Yeah, he will give you what? The Holy Spirit. 
So don't be afraid that you receive a, a bad spirit. And when you're also praying for people, don't be afraid that the, the prayer as you're praying, you, you're, you are not anointed enough and that they will not receive the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? Then number six, receive the Holy Spirit and speak the language he gives. Receive the Holy Spirit. Tell somebody, receive the Holy Spirit. You must receive the Holy Spirit. So, tell the candidate or tell the person you are praying for to open his mouth and breathe in as deeply as possible and say, I am receiving, so you should say it in the side, I'm receiving the Holy Spirit right now because he has been given. You see, if something has already been given, what do you do? Thank you. And you take it. Is that not it? So as you are taking it, say, mmm, this jollof rice. Mmm, this fufu and light soup. Mmm, this car. Mmm, you receive it. So you must open your mouth and say, thank you, Lord. I receive. And then that's it. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then you begin to speak with other tongues. Tell somebody, begin to speak with other tongues. You know, you must speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives you what? Utterance. Speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives you what? Utterance. So, you must open your mouth. You know, and uh, so if you are the one ministering to people, tell them to lift their voice and speak out whatever sound you no know, seem easy to make. Is that right? Whatever sound of vocabulary that is coming into their mind and their way. You know, when you are speaking, isn't it a sound or the vocabulary that comes into your mind? Yeah. So the same way, the same way you start it. And remember that that sound or that vocabulary they are speaking, which is not a, 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 a sound or a vocabulary that you have learned from your local language or any other thing is the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? So once you open your mouth, you know, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And remember Psalm 81 verse 10 says that open your mouth wide and I will feel it. So once you, a person opens his mouth wide, he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen? amen. And then, when you start, remember in, in John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, Jesus said, you know, that if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. And what? Drink. So somebody drink. And out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living waters. So receiving the Holy Spirit is like drinking water. Yeah? No one can drink with his mouth shut. Can you drink water with your mouth shut? You've got to open your mouth. So if you're going to drink the Holy Spirit... You know, that scripture is actually talking about the Holy Spirit. If you are going to drink the Holy Spirit, then you must what? Open your mouth. Can I have an amen? amen. And uh, so n no one can drink and talk at the same time. So you drink, and that's the reason why you don't speak any other language but, you know, the language that the Holy Spirit gives to you. That is, it's a thought. It's a sound or something that comes into your mind and your heart. You begin to say it. And that's why receive the Holy Spirit, you receive it also by faith. That's why every time you are speaking in tongues, you are speaking by what? Faith. Can I have an amen? amen. Then, number seven. There should, no confusing crowd should gather around the candidates. No confusing, please, you didn't write that to write it. It's a very important point. No confusing crowd, step seven, should gather around the candidates. You know, it's only maybe just one or two people who should be around them to pray with them. You see, when 
I don't know whether you've gone to a swimming pool or you want to go and swim in the, at, the, at the beach. Sometimes, it's, uh, when you get there, it's difficult to enter the water. But when somebody enters the water, they say, oh yes, come, the water is nice, the water is nice. Then, then, you, know, you are lured, you know, you know, and edged to be able to get into the water. So also, the people that are around them, the people, those who are going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they must edge them by speaking in tongues. But when you are, so you don't speak, you don't speak your local language because whatever you are saying, their minds will come on it. And so they will become distracted. So what you do is you help them to be filled with the Holy Spirit by praying in tongues. So as you are praying in tongues, you realize that their minds if, uh, get onto spiritual things. And as their mind gets onto the spiritual things, onto the spirit, then it helps them to be able to pray in tongues themselves. Can I have an amen? And you don't have to surround sometimes one person, somebody are praying for a person, everybody, then they are beating the person. Yeah, yeah, pray, 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 open your mouth, pray, open your mouth. And this one, give you instruction, clap your hand. No, no, no. The, it, it, it says confusion. So only one person must give instruction. One or two people must be there. You don't need so many people. After all, you are not the one giving the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, <laughs> the Holy Spirit has already been given. Yeah, your Holy Spirit has already been given. Yours is to just facilitate. And there are people also, sometimes it's important to have one or two people around because there are people when they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it goes with a certain kind of emotional eruption. Is that right? Some will begin to jump, jump. You know, you can receive Holy Spirit baptism very cool. You can be on your toilet and receive. In your bathroom and receive. You can be cooking and you can receive. You can be washing and you can receive. Whatever. But for some people and there's no... No, there's nothing theatrical about it. But there are also some people that the Holy Spirit can move in another dimension on them. You know, and they can be, you know, they can be screaming or whatever and all those things. So probably at that stage, they need to be held. Some can even be crying. Some can, you know, do a, 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 you know, do a, a few other things. Can I have an amen? Okay. So I think uh, this just summarizes so let's look at quickly the seven steps to receive the Holy Spirit. Number one, the gift has already been given. So let the person know. And you yourself must know the gift has already been what? Given. Number two, salvation is the only what? Requirement or prerequisite. Is that right? So you don't need to be a perfect Christian before you receive. So you probably can even be smoking, but you can ask, you know, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when it comes, he will give you the grace to be able to overcome your smoking and your drinking and womanizing and menizing and other things. Can I have an amen? Because the Corinthians, Christians, Paul said, you've, you don't fall behind, you know, in any spiritual gift. So the Corinthian church was one of the most gifted, you know, church in terms of spiritual gifts. And yet they were also very carnal. <laughs> I, I, I hope you are getting me. But I believe that without the Holy Spirit, it would have been another thing altogether. So the Holy Spirit helps us. And that's why you can even sometimes see that somebody can be there, can be ministering, it can be, I mean, you, it can be some way. But it's the Holy Spirit that is even helping the person. Other than that, the person's life would be, you know, totally controlled by the enemy. And number three, he says that through the laying of hands, is that right? So you must know that as you lay hands on a person, you see, laying on of hands is like a point of contact to stir faith in the person. And number four, as hands are laid, 
you must expect what? Speak with tongues. So tell the person, expect. When I lay hands, expect to speak with tongues. And in fact, the, uh, like, uh, as I was telling you earlier on, hands may not necessarily even be laid and the person can still speak with tongues. And they must do the speaking. They must know that God will not put a radio in their throats or be detected, whatever. They have, the utterance has been given. The, God gives you the utterance and that is the vocabulary. Whatever sound, whatever words, whatever that is coming into your mind. Remember that, you see, one of the ways that you know God is speaking to you, sometimes when you are there and you have not thought about anything, especially in your, in your coolness of the day, once you have worshipped God, you have prayed and all those things, and you have not thought about any kind of thing, then that thought that is coming, that thought can be, uh, you know, once it's in line with the word of God, then it is God himself who is speaking to you that way. Are you getting me? Later, I'll, I'll, I'll teach you on, you know, how to hear the voice of God and how, you know, yeah, to be directed in that way. But that's one of the things. So, once you, have, you are there, the thoughts and the vocabularies that come is, is that is the Holy, Holy Spirit. So, you must just begin to say it. So, the sound, the sound. Don't be shy about anything. You, you are not the one to determine. Do you feel shy when you are speaking ever? You know, yeah. But you must speak it because that is how the ever language is spoken. Are you getting me? The guns will say Tetin. Is that not it? Tetin. Eh? And then the, you know, some other languages, you know, like Twitters. You know, so it's it's and, and so it's a vocabulary. And you don't have to feel shy. Amen. Okay. Then number four. Expect to speak with tongues. And then number five. Don't be afraid that you're going to receive. You know something false. Is that right? Yeah. And don't also. So don't think that from today. When you. There's a soul. Don't think that. Oh let's go and get a pastor. Let's go and get a cell leader. Let's go and get a minister. Everybody can minister. Can I have an amen? amen? You can minister. I started ministering about Pastor of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I never had any tights, I never had a whatever. I just a Christian. I'll catch. I remember after prep, when after we preach to people, you know, you know secondary school, we take them nine o'clock, go to the school field, pa 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 pa, within some fifteen minutes, pa pa pa, they speak in tongue. Then we take them to the dormitory. Then they go and continue. <laughs> Uh, sharp sharp amen because there's going to be lights out or whatever and at a certain time you are not supposed to be staying outside and things like that so sharp sharp so everybody and those of you have heard me preach this message it means that you are supposed to do it when the moment you preach your boss whilst your boy you are sitting with your boss eh, in front of a table whatever you say boss I, I need, we need to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And one thing that our baptism of the Holy Spirit does is that it helps to uh, authenticate. It validates a person's Christian life. Because when you get born again and now you are speaking another kind of language, you say, Charlie, now I've got it. Can I have an amen? That is what Papa Diboye said and it's very true. And then number, number six, receive the Holy Spirit and speak the language he gives. So you must do the speaking. And number seven, no confusing crowd should gather around the candidate at all. Amen.
So, I'm done. Amen. I've preached about a three-in-one message today. Amen. So, we're going to pray right now. Hallelujah. We're going to pray right now for the infant. And remember that, listen, as we are praying, some of you already feel the Holy Spirit, but God is going to open new spiritual dimensions unto you. You didn't hear me. I said, new spiritual You see, let me tell you something. You see, after for spiritual things, eh? unless you are hungry, you will ne they never get. I see people, they can be in church. Ah, their lives are the same. And people also come. And within a few months, you see them growing and whatever. It is your hunger. It is your hunger. It's your desire. John, that's why John chapter 7, he says that he that thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly, eh, he that thirsts. You must be thirsty. You see, a person who is not thirsty cannot drink. When you are not hungry, you will not eat. And it's, it's, it's very difficult to drink water when you are not thirsty. But when you are thirsty, when you really want it, when you really want God, it's like if you are there and you are not hungry for a husband. Men can be around. They will tell you things. You won't mind them. Or if you are there and brother, you are there and because you know how to cook and everything and you do everything for yourself, their sisters will be there. They will even say, don't you like me? You, you, you have not even heard anything. Yeah, because you are not hungry. You are not hungry. So it is hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So I see many people come to church and their lives are the same because they are not hungry. They are not thirsty for righteousness. They, you know, they, they don't want to, be, to become anything special. Their own is that they see the church as a shopping center. I have come. Whatever is available, I have come. What is there on the shelf? Is there, is there some muesli? Is there some uh, uh, canned fish? Is there some this and that? And they take it. And that's all. They take it home. It shouldn't be. But when you are here, when you, are, you come to Christ, you must be hungry to be filled with the things of God so that you can minister the things of God. 